1: All right, Andrew, hit us with that Sift Spoil theme song for this week. Oh, you, ch bang bang ch
2: bang bang we love you, vroom, vroom, ch 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 bang bang ch bang bang the rocks do, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very nice. I
2: forgot that I was supposed to do that, so I just made that up on the spot. That was uh, what? a to- that was a totally original, what? totally original song nobody'd ever heard of before.
1: Uh, welcome wow. to the post pod sift spoil, where the theme song is different every week because we never want to give anything away. Please make sure and listen to the podcast review first if you haven't seen it. Um, Seen the movie, we highly recommend you hold off and listen to this later, not just because we're going to spoil it, but also because we're going to be jumping all over the place and you may get really confused. Uh, so yeah, let's talk Fate of the Furious spoilers, guys. So we
2: start off in Havana, Cuba mm-hmm. with Dom and Michelle Rodriguez, Lenny. Um, they are uh, enjoying a honeymoon. Did you just call her Lenny? Isn't that her name? Isn't it
1: Letty? Is it Letty? Yeah, L E T T Y. It's
3: it's it's a hundred percent Letty with T's. I've sl- I've slept <laughs>
1: since
2: yesterday. I, th-
3: <laughs> I thought you misspoke. I, I thought I it did. was just a, a. I just thought
1: it was a. a you know, um, mice and men. Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> a mice and men reference. So
2: <laughs> so Dom and Letty are in Havana, Cuba. They're doing their whole racing thing, starting off with actually a halfway decent, you know. Film choreographed uh, race, you know, I like the whole overhead. I I
3: really enjoyed the entire Cuban sequence, and and I think that was because I just went to Havana like three weeks ago, and I was seeing all all these, like, streets that I recognized, which was really neat. Nice. But the the entire cold open was like, this is the Fast and Furious I remember from, like, a decade ago. It was – And they they – it was fun. Yeah. I it, really enjoyed
1: it. It was a fun homage to the first movie. There's been very little actual racing in the recent movies, and this was an actual race
3: Yeah. No, for no. a
1: pink slip. Yeah. Kind of miss it. Kind of miss it. Uh, the only thing was in this one, it was so much more ridiculous than the racing was in the first few. Yeah. Uh, like the the flaming car driving backwards. The, the fact – this is the thing that kills me. There were two or three times this happened during this movie. People just jump out of moving And they're fine. And they're fine, and these vehicles are going hundreds of miles per hour. And it's just like, I mean, you'd at least scrape your knee,
3: you know?
2: Not Vin Diesel. No. Yeah, no. and
3: he just gets up and then like starts hanging out with all the adoring kids of Havana who are like, yay, you're <laughs> our hero, Dom.
2: Okay, here's like, what I, I want to know. If you see a car barreling towards you on fire, would you gather right in front of it like all those people did? Like,
3: <laughs> Yeah, man, it's going to turn. Don't worry about it. <laughs> He's got brakes. yeah so i also i I love something i love about this fr- and by love i mean hate about this franchise is that why are they still using walkie-talkies to communicate they should have both hands on the wheel and just be using bluetooth these are million dollar cars and they can't afford a bluetooth connection well they spend <laughs> all and, the money on the cars and 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 similarly in that scene in in, in havana Vin Diesel starts yelling, "Get out of the way! Get out of the way!" And it's like, "Are do you think they're going to hear you over the engines, the screaming, and the explosion in front of your vehicle?"
1: <laughs> yeah, I,
3: I, I just thought that was really funny that he's trying to warn them audibly of an issue that they couldn't possibly hear.
1: Well, and they do the same thing. And that's
3: that's the whole movie. Like, how do,
0: how are they talking to each yeah, other? Yeah, right they now? they
3: do the same thing. Uh, from there's a, car there's, to there's car. a bit where there's there's a bit where Ludacris was giving directions to Gibson. As he's uh, basically skiing on the back of a, of a door that he harpooned during the uh. ice sequence in this movie. And he's like, Hang on, hang on, buddy. And it's like, He can't hear you. Who are you talking to? And it, I just, the, the movie seems... just sort of, it, it, it just sort of plays like every character can talk to every other character at any given moment regardless of technology or feasibility and you just have to accept that yeah i think it's it's always been a thing with this franchise yeah i
1: think they do the you know because movie thing you know better than any other movie it's just like we we need them to hear this so they're going to hear it we need this thing to happen so it's going to happen you know because movie. Um, because movie. And that's just, you know, part of what happens here. So while Dom and
2: Letty are down in Havana, Cuba on their honeymoon, Dom is approached by a woman played by Charlize Theron named Cypher. She, unbeknownst to the audience at this point, shows Dom something that proves that he is in, uh, in trouble. He knows that he whatever she says that he has to do, he has to do. She's got him. And uh so she says, You're going to betray your family. You pretty much work for me now. So he does. He betrays now, the family. At that
3: point at the script at that point in the script, did you guys have any idea what it could have been?
1: Not at all. I thought I I just assumed it was somebody he loved that was captured. I thought um, it was
2: something to do with Brian. So
3: oh, and I you? and I assumed it would be, you know, a person as well. It it had to have been, you know, someone tied up, and we later find out that it is. But it was surprising to me, um, who it turned out to be but also because i was like who's left who hasn't (laughs) who 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 is either absent from this movie or that hasn't been killed off and it's a very very short list when you actually think about it and again you consider the fact that paul walker's not going to come back for this there's there's i actually thought i thought for a
1: split second maybe they had were going to cameo him in for for that person but yeah
3: Similarly, there, there's, a, there's a moment at the, towards the end of the film, we'll, again, jumping all over the place here.
1: That's what we do. Where
3: uh, two, two paraglider guys come flying into Cypher's super stealth, radar you know, efficient aircraft, and they land on the tail of the airplane and they, they sort of take over. And uh, there's a moment where these two guys come flying in, they land on the back of the airplane, and they take off their helmets. And for a split moment, I thought it was going to be Mia and Brian. And I was so excited, like, oh, that would be so great if they brought Jordana, du- Jordana Brewster back. And then just kind of had, I don't know, more of that CGI Paul Walker stuff, just for like a quick cameo. And for for the briefest of moments, I was uh, applauding. Like, oh, yay! <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh, it's, it's just the other characters who haven't even been gone for 12 minutes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All I knew was going to be Jason Statham and Luke Evans. I knew yeah. it. As yeah. soon as I saw them land in there, and I'm like... Okay
1: they're they're going to take over. Okay, I know who it is. Because I like, it's obvious that uh, Jason Statham didn't die. See, I don't think that's true. I mean, it is true, but there was part of me because what I think was smart about what they did there is it was Statham who Dom wouldn't wouldn't have the same like oh, he's on our team reaction to like he would I can see him shooting Statham you know, mm-hmm. like if it was somebody else, I can't see it being realistic.
3: Let let's not forget that, that um uh, Jason Statham's character killed DK at the end of Tokyo Drift. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or so, rather at the at the middle of Tokyo Drift and the end of number six. <laughs> so I, I So like he 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 did kill one of his friends.
1: Based on the previous parts of the movie where Statham was starting to make nicey nice with The Rock and the others, I assumed he wasn't dead. But the movie at least had a legitimate psychological way that you could go, oh yeah, he could absolutely have killed Statham.
2: Let's talk about the biggest tease in movie history. No, it's not the biggest tease I in movie was history. Say, where are we going? I wanted the rock to fight Statham this entire time. They're they're teasing it the entire movie. Yeah. These yeah. guys are finally yeah. going to fight. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. And then Aaron and I are waiting for a post credit scene because <laughs> there's a post credit scene like, oh I we were talking about I bet it's going to be the Rock and Statham like in a in a ring somewhere and they're actually going to fight. It's going to be great. No. No, they talk about it the literally the entire movie, how bad they're gonna beat each other up, and they never do. It is such a letdown. That's why I hate this movie. <laughs> That's the main That's reason. That's the main reason why I hate this
1: movie. Well good. I'm glad we got finally got to the bottom of it. No, I totally agree. That that is a that is a weird was, thing that to was, build um... up.
3: I don't. I don't know because you. They set it up, and it seems like they. They were missing something. The end of the movie needed two more scenes. It needed their fight, and it needed that handshake between Dom and Luke Hobbs. It really needed both of those moments. Yeah,
2: I totally agree. Um. So after Dom is, uh, uh, he uh, they they go to this German base pretty much to steal this EMP mm-hmm. led by the Rock's character Luke Hobbs. And uh Dom runs him off the road, steals the EMP, and now he is officially in the wind. He is a ghost and everybody knows he is working for Cypher now. They uh Mr. Nobody uh imprisoned or he doesn't imprison. He tries to break Luke Hobbs out of prison. And uh that's where he well, says the no. Rock
1: the Rock goes to prison because they had to disavow him, yeah. you know, while he was there and in- In Germany, right? Was that in Germany? It was in Germany. That scene where he meets, like, little nobody. Scott Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. I I love that. He just just breaks his chains. He just breaks his chains and pins him right up against the wall. (laughs) Don't mention
3: his kid. I I especially like that. I was waiting to find out, like, what his real name is. And some, like, internet links have him listed as, like, Eric. But the credits of the movie just say "Little Nobody." That was his, like <laughs> official character name, which I kind of liked. Yeah, yeah especially and I, because and of the I movie, hope they keep it that way,
1: especially in the movie because they're like, "Oh no, that one's going to stick." Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, that, yeah, that's gonna... how nicknames yeah, work. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. No, I, I really dug that. I kind of, I liked Scott Eastwood. I've, I've always liked him as an actor. Uh, I hope he gets bigger roles because he's kind of been stuck on the sidelines of a lot of the f- movies he's done the last few years. I hope he gets. Better I don't movies. know that he can. <laughs> I don't know that he can, like, quote unquote, replace. Uh, Paul Walker, but I think that they want to move the series in that direction. They want to have that sort of vanilla and chocolate sort of dynamic with the two heroes. One's sort of like a cop that's sort of been reformed, and the other is an outlaw that's been reformed to the good side, and vice versa. Yeah, I think they want to do that. But this movie felt like let's just let's just ease him in, and have him in a couple of the scenes, have him still wet behind the ears, and I I, I feel like we're going to see a lot more of him in the next one.
1: Could be,
2: yeah. So, um, while Luke's in prison, he finds out that his cell, not cellmate, but the opposing cell across from him is where we see Jason Statham's character. Deckard, right? Is, that is that it character Deckard? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, then they both are, there's a prison riot, which for me was the best part of the movie. That was a fun scene. That was the best part of the whole movie. When that, that
1: prison, rock. when that prison riot starts, it starts so quick and with such an impact, it was yeah. like, there was like a shot of adrenaline yeah, like, that I wasn't go. ready for. Like, I knew it was kind of coming, but mm-hmm. it was on me so fast, I re- like, yeah, there was a lot of adrenaline there. Well,
2: because that's not how you open up doors to an Ultramax prison. Right, you don't yeah. tase a door and then they all open up. That's, <gasps> they, all <okay>. open,
1: <laughs> they all open and every single prisoner clotheslines a guard. Like, yeah. it's like you're diving after them or whatever. And then
3: it's that amazing. one It was a very well choreographed escape. They yeah. must have been planning it for weeks. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so
2: here's another thing I hate about not only this movie in particular, but the series as a whole. That's not how hacking works. Well, Every single not, yeah. scene <laughs> that deals with hacking is so dumb. It, it's not fun dumb. It's just dumb dumb especially, for me.
1: Especially in a post-Mr. Robot world where you have a TV show that actually does the hacking. That's what it, I was going to
3: say. It felt, it felt reminiscent of Enemy of the State. It's like, oh, yeah, we can just zoom in on your grocery bag from space and <laughs> then turn it around and see what's inside it. <laughs> No, you can't. (laughs) I don't believe any of this.
2: Kind of like Jason, the new Jason Bourne movie did that, too, where they like, let's hack the cell phone next to the laptop so we can bounce off the cell phone to get into the laptop.
3: I I think Enemy of the State got away with it because that movie came out 19 years ago before we really understood satellites, technology, internet hacking. But these days, it's like the audience is a little bit more intelligent and a little bit more um, uh, doubtful of of some of the claims. And this movie is just, oh, you have – this MacGuffin, well, I have this MacGuffin Ultra, so I can hack into your hack. It's like, that's that's a submarine in the Russian Arctic. You can't just jump start it with a remote control.
2: <laughs> Little do you know.
3: <laughs> so bananas. But again, it's the type of series where I'm like, all right, this is what we're doing.
2: All right. So now we're going to fast forward to, for me, was the worst part of the movie, but you guys loved it. And that's the World War Z cars. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No, I
3: didn't. I thought this this was one of the one of the worst sequences in the movie, actually. Okay, especially that shot of all the cars sliding around the turn, sliding into each other. Yeah, the world it just Z-y looked team. so computery. It looked very like rubbery, uh, like CGI. It didn't look fluid. It didn't look real. Uh, nor I did does not care it. Nor does that. it make any sense. None of those cars, wise
1: or anyway. <laughs> you, you can't know, like, hack those cars. It's a stupid plan. Like it's just dumb. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah. It, if so, help me. If this sets back self-driving technology because people think this kind of stuff happens, I'll be so fe- – oh, if, yeah. if I pass away before self-driving cars are a legitimate thing, I'm going to be so angry you can get at a movies Tesla. like this. Tesla now has – No, but I mean a real world where I just hop in the car and it drives me places. Like, you know,
3: yeah. I, like, no, that needs to happen with... now. I'm
2: right there with yeah. you.
3: And, and unfortunately, the truck lobby and a majority of our Congress are going to shoot that down because they need to save the jabs. It's uh, like, no, you're going to kill people. 16,000 people a, a, a year die in car wrecks. More than that, I think. And and this movie is like, wow, be afraid. Cars will kill you. No, they won't. <laughs> no, the, cars, the whenever, cars will do it so much Google. better. Google has logged a million miles with one or two fender benders. And both of them were the fault of the self-driving car. Yeah.
1: Both
2: right. times they got rear-ended by I agree, car. I
3: agree totally. I, I worry that this type of scene is going to affect public perception of what is otherwise. Uh. A a, a rock-solid technology that we really need to be embracing as fast as possible. Isn't that one of the
1: most frustrating things, when you see something that would be good for everybody, and yet people, just because they're averse to change, they just don't get it yet?
2: After Carpocalypse 2017, Dom is finally (laughs) confronted by his old team. And that was actually a really cool sequence where they had the harpoons, and they were like trying to... You know, stop him from I, moving. I thought
3: that was really great. That that was the kind of suspension of disbelief that I like in this franchise. Yeah, that is not something I think is possible. I don't. I never saw those harpoon guns on the cars in the earlier scenes. They just sort of magically appeared when ne- when necessary. Because movie, but it, it felt yeah it, because movie. And, but it felt just plausible enough that I went with it. Whereas the cars driving. First of all, who puts a parking garage on the roof? They're always all in Manhattan. If you've ever been to downtown Manhattan, they're almost always underground. They don't have that space up top. That's expensive office, whatever. Yeah. So I I I agree with you. When they finally got to that moment, I was like, all right, this is this I like. Let's have more of this in the movie.
1: Yeah. That was the scene uh that we were, that I one of the scenes I was talking about in the podcast proper where it just got so ridiculous that I got a little bit giddy was when all those cars were <laughs> jumping out of down. the parking garage. Hey, it mean, was just
3: it's just bananas. It's just so fake and unrealistic that you you want you go into these movies knowing you need to shut your brain off but there even even that scene sort of woke me up like okay come on guys you can't you can't just make up stuff like this and the next movie i I guarantee one of these next movies before they end the franchise for good we're gonna see dom hit a button and just take off his car is just going to come off of the ground like a delorean (laughs) and he's gonna fly away that's how the franchise ends him doing his like time machine you know exit into the frame I, is it, I, I wouldn't put it past this franchise. It's going to really end wouldn't. with
2: him getting in an Uber and just sitting in the backseat, just being casually taken <laughs> to the airport.
1: But, um, Dom will that,
2: would play be, the, that would be
3: a completely different way of doing it. Dom but, will yeah. play the
1: Christopher Lloyd. Yeah.
3: 1.21 yeah. gigawatts.
1: Where we are going, <laughs> we don't need
2: roads. And they definitely didn't in this movie. So, um,. What, was there a sequence after that before we get to S- Siberia? Before
1: we get to the submarine? Yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, they, they do oh, several versions We need of, to talk about um, why Dom is actually helping. Right. So we find out that Dom has a son yeah. through Elena. Dun, that, that was dun, her name, dun.
3: right? It was
2: Elena, right? Yeah, Elena.
3: So, yeah, and I, I actually really like that of all the characters, like I said, it was a short list. I like that that was the character they brought back because Dom had history with her. They had a romantic relationship in the fourth and fifth movies when Letty was presumed dead. And to bring her back, it was plausible. It it totally fit the soap opera relationship web that this franchise has established. Um, I don't know that he... I I guess it fits Dom's character that he would like immediately sacrifice everything he's ever built for a son he just met. But it felt like maybe he should have had a couple more scenes with the son... Before he just immediately said, "This is it." Uh, you
1: know? man, I, I don't. I, I gotta, don't gotta agree tell with you. That actually. I gotta
3: tell you. As uh, John, you're not a parent, are you? No, not yet. Okay, but I, it's. I guess I, I have to be. I wouldn't know in that situation. But it seemed interesting. Not that I don't believe his decisions. I just wanted to see more evidence of it. If I, that makes sense. I was going to ask
1: you guys about this in general, anyway, as as non-parents uh, about how the baby impacted you guys, because for me, it changed things. Big time like the like knowing that that was his son I bought in on a different level and I couldn't talk about this during the podcast proper because it's such a spoiler yeah. but um I think that's one of the biggest reasons that I felt like the heart in this worked uh as well as it did because I just I bought everything from then on out about and I was having a hard time buying the Dom turning on his friends kind of thing even if it had just been her in there I would have been like uh eh, yeah I get it you know But as soon as it was a baby, I was like, oh, all bets are off. Like, I mean, that that feeling you get of just, like, I will crash the entire world around me to make sure that this little being stays safe. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just nothing like it, you know? So, So, for me, whenever I... Here's what I was curious about.
2: Um, Whenever Cypher initially approaches him in Havana, I was wondering, does he need more proof? Then just seeing Elena with a baby and like, oh, that's my baby then,
1: I guess. <laughs> I would have been like, this could have been Photoshopped or something like that. Well, it was prob- I wouldn't think it was the baby she showed him. I would have thought it was both no, of them for, that she showed I, him. I,
3: I, I sort of um, uh, inferred that uh, the baby was not something in the original photograph because Dom seemed quite surprised – by that reveal when he was on the airplane. Yeah, I think the... And I think, I think it was just, here's your old girlfriend. Yeah. She's tied up and in my custody. Do, you know, I say jump, you say how high, otherwise I'm going to slit her neck or something. Yeah. And, uh, or, or in the case of the film, uh, shoot her in the head. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I, I think it worked. I think it was a good, um, uh, you know, a start plot mechanism to get Dom off his butt. Why would he leave the security and sanctity and the uh, the sort of humdrum retirement of cuba to go back into this world of crime and i think that it made sense yeah so
2: yeah we have uh i'm trying to remember Tormund giants bane shoots uh elena in the head and Tormund giants bane the guy from game of thrones with the big beard mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. um i kind of saw that coming that was kind of because there's no way both her and letty can be you know with dom so i'm like. They're obviously going to be choosing Letty in this situation. So well, they had
3: kind of already written her out of the films anyway. Yeah. So when they brought her back in, I kind of assumed, all right, this is to officially get rid of her for good. And as you mentioned in the podcast proper, Andrew, that like the movie is overstuffed with characters. They have to start trimming it back. And at least they made some progress in that. They got rid of Elena. They brought in Scott Eastwood. but <laughs> Well, um, they brought
2: her back just yeah. to get rid of her. That's like – Adding one to minus one, you're still left with, like, 50 people you got to cut out. But um, they find out um, Cypher is working to go to Russia to steal a nuclear submarine so that she will become pretty much a world superpower. And that if any of the other superpowers, like China, the United States, if any of them step out of line, she's going to nuke them. So... They head over there, they start trying to hack the sub remotely, which doesn't work, and then she's trying to unhack their hack, which doesn't work because you can't. That
3: that scene seemed um, sort of clumsily structured, for lack of a better description, especially the moment where at one point they pull the guidance chips and they know that there's nothing they can do to stop the sub. So quickly, in almost a single cut, everyone is off the submarine and back in their cars. And part of me was thinking, well, obviously, this is to set up the big sub chase that extends for like the last 30 minutes. It's only supposed to be 10 miles, but they're driving for at least a half an hour. It's another um, airstrip scene. Yeah, which is whatever. If there's any spot that would be run out forever, it's a frozen lake in Siberia. Yeah. Uh, I could buy that. But they explicitly wrote in dialogue that gave it a distance. It's like, why? Why do that? Why did not just say it's 50 miles? We don't care. Yeah, um, but was interesting is like, why did they not stay on the sub and keep trying to sabotage it from inside? I didn't really understand the decision to e- leave and get in a car, which you're at a, a huge disadvantage in a car to stop a submarine. I feel like you'd have better luck staying on board, trying to you know either turn it or dismantle it or shut it down from inside. I, I did. You guys have any theories on that, or is it just you didn't? No, even I I just I quit. I I stopped because asking movie. those
1: questions. <laughs> I really did. It's like. <laughs> It's like asking why Michael Phelps isn't shooting baskets while he's swimming. Like, you know, it's just that's not yeah. what's going on here. <laughs> it's like, after After Carpocalypse 2017, I stopped c- caring about questions of physics. The other thing that did stand out to me in that line is how many henchmen and henchmen vehicles were there that just, you know, five more would appear when there needed to be somebody chasing them. I'm just like, where are all these people coming from? Yeah.
3: That did seem interesting. That there was a like one of the heat-seeking missiles took out like a whole bunch of the convoy that was chasing them, and then in like the next scene, there seemed to be another five still chasing them. I know. That's them. what I'm saying. It was. And so I weird. was like, well, isn't there isn't there a giant puddle now that they would have to drive around? And you're now miles and miles from that base. How many cars started after them, and were they all just equally spaced, right? that There's five vehicles chasing them, and then exactly 30 seconds back, there's another five. Well, you can't exactly have them all together. You'll behind just that the group. ice. <laughs> yeah, and, which, and like, I, I am positive they broke up a good deal of that ice, and now it was probably just – that's a shot we probably could have used. At the end of that sequence was a big aerial shot that showed just a trail of, like, gas, fire, and exposed frozen water. Yeah. Um, yeah which I I think we kind of got at the end of six with the big runway. I want to remember that at the end of that movie, we saw like a a shot that showed most of the runway with just cars exploded on either side and like a trail of fire leading to the airplane. I kind of wanted to see that shot, like a big wide shot of everything they just did. Yeah, There was
1: a small, I can only imagine how
3: awful it would have looked. It would have just been so many explosions and holes in the ice and a submarine in the middle.
1: (laughs) Uh, I liked some of that sub stuff. Uh, I liked it every time I, he, I loved
3: it I thought it was really fun
1: uh I, I liked when it came out of the water below them I thought the shots of the cars driving above the ice from below the ice were really cool mm-hmm. um I, there were some you know moments obviously ridiculous moments like the door surfing Ugh. thing which i really I, I actually kind of enjoyed i I think what i liked, I liked it was, but it was dumb it was certainly dumb I, I think what I enjoyed about it was how it finished where he just like Stood up and, like, took out, like, five of them with a gun or something. And it yeah. was just... I don't know. There was something really cool about it. Uh, and I will tell you, at the end of all that sub-stuff, when the cars form a wall around Dom after he's made the final... I actually got a little emotional. I was like, there was
3: something that about that. Them- that was a cool moment. Yeah. That there was, was a th- very fast and furious moment.
1: Yeah, there was something about that that I was just like, yeah, that's what this, this movie's about. But... Um, but yeah, so uh, overall, I enjoyed that. The other scene that's going on at the same time as all this that I also really enjoyed is the baby escape with, uh, with Statham it. and Luke that Evans. Was,
3: he now, just kept... You guys like that scene because no. that was like my favorite of the whole movie. Whole I loved movie. it. I loved I
1: that. Loved that. Yeah, yeah, I was. That was one of my favorites as well. It's
2: because he just kept doing one liners to the baby. If he did like know, one or two, funny. if he did one or two one liners to that baby, it would have been fine. But that was another scene of insane shaky cam and quick cuts that just yeah. drove me crazy. But after every single person he killed, he would look at the baby, say one one-liner, the baby would go, eh, and then he would kill more people. Because it was
1: hilarious. No,
2: it was way <laughs> too dumb for me. It was funny at the beginning, uh-huh. and then it got dumb, but it never got funny again for me. Yeah. yeah. What,
1: what was he listening to on the headphones? Do you remember?
3: Yeah, it was... Uh, originally, it was... Um, it was uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas. That's song. right,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Just everything about that was just, I don't know. It was obviously completely yeah. ridiculous. That baby would be dead. We all know it, but I'm just saying it was, you know, it yeah. was funny.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, um, yep, everything's good at the end of the movie. He's got the baby back. and <laughs> He's uh, got his baby back, baby, baby back,
1: baby back, baby, baby back. back, baby back.
2: <laughs> and then they named the baby Brian, which Aaron and I saw from a mile away, but yeah. apparently the lady sitting next to us, was so happy for.
1: <laughs> yeah, the woman sitting next to us almost jumped out of her seat applauding when they said uh, his name was Brian. Yeah. So, uh,
3: no, I get it. You yeah, know. Did, did you're saying that some people didn't see that coming.
1: I know, like, especially when they're blatant enough to be like, well, the baby doesn't have a first name. Yeah. Hmm, I wonder
3: yeah. what it'll be. Aaron and I are like, oh, it does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. That baby, that oh, baby yeah.
1: has a first name. Yeah. And it's not O-S-C-A-R. Uh, there
3: were... Um... There, there were two moments in the film where my wife and I uh, exchanged uh, you know, very pointed glances as if to say like, ah, all right. Uh, one was when Jason Statham was shot. My wife turned to me like, yeah, he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then the other moment was when we heard – when Elena said he doesn't have a first name and I turned to her like, it's Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought like, it was either going to be Paul I, or Brian. I thought it would be – I part of part of me kind of hoped they would have named the baby Paul after the actor. Yeah. But I realized that wouldn't have any resonance with the character. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make, make any, any sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. I had it down. Uh, to but I too. I kind of wanted to see that like let that like a more overt nod to the real human behind the character, mm-hmm. not just Brian O'Connor. Who I ha- I had to remind myself Brian is still alive in this yeah. universe. They talk about it him. And it feels like he's dead. Yeah. You know why? Like they they. It has to feel that way because he
1: is dead. But at the same time, like, if, if he is alive in this universe, he shows up, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's why it feels like there's such a missing link there because if, if Brian really exists in this universe,
3: he's going to show up.
1: Yeah.
2: Right, that's, that's exactly what I don't right. get is
3: I, I understand that he's retired and he wants to stay out of the action. But that nice little family reunion barbecue at the end of the film, he should be on that rooftop hanging out yeah. with burgers and meeting his friend's new son. Yeah, like, absolutely. how would he not be part of that moment? It doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Do you feel like the Do you feel like this franchise has to deal with that? Do you yes. feel like they have to? I,
3: yes. I I don't want them to bring him back as like a CGI zombie every single time the plot requires it. And I don't know that I want them to kill him off. But like I feel like killing him off might have made sense. Is... It would have given the characters the same emotional um, sort of resonance and impact that we had. Because at the end of the seventh movie, they're all looking at him on the beach like he died, like. He's the happiest he's ever been. Why are you guys all sad? And it's like we know why they're sad because they're not looking at Paul Walker; they're looking at his younger brother Kobe. But it's it's one of those things that there's that disconnect between reality and and fiction that I feel like it would have been easier from a plot structure and a narrative just to have them be the same, and having them go literally on you know diverging on two separate roads, it 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 does kind of give a confusing feeling when. Tyrese Gibson mentioned, like, Brian would know what to do. We should call him. And I'm like, oh, that's right. He's still alive in this movie. Yeah.
1: Is there any reason why movies have stopped recasting roles? Like, Dumbledore was recast. I
3: thought about that. I really thought about that. Why couldn't somebody else play Brian? I I think it's because he's such an
1: intricate part of that story
2: that, like, Paul Walker. Is Brian? Well, I know, but I, yeah, it's kind of like how in uh, the Dark Knight they didn't recast Heath Ledger's Joker for Dark Knight Rises because, but Joker they did
3: was recast to be Rachel Dawes. One.
2: Yeah, they did recast her. Right?
3: They 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 replaced um, Maggie Gyllenhaal with uh, Ka- or Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes, or the other way around. Um, so, I mean, in that very franchise, they recast Iron Man and Iron Man Two, they went from um, Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle. They still recast, but, but Aaron's right. They seem afraid of it in the bigger roles.
2: Because here's the thing. You're not, you're recasting, you know, Rachel Dawes. You're not recasting Batman in a series. And that's what Paul Walker was for this. He was the Batman, if not him, then Vin Diesel. But you know what I'm saying? You can't recast the main guy and expect there to be no ramifications.
3: I Well, yeah. t- to be fair, if, if we, without even leaving the Batman franchise, we did go from Michael Keaton to George Clooney, to Val Kilmer, and they kept the same Alfred. They kept the same universe, ostensibly, and And they they switched out out. the lead actor. And James Bond does it. And and James Bond does it. I, I think there is a precedent, but it seems lately the trend has been, like, keep the original actor at all costs, which is why Robert Downey Jr. can command upwards of $50 million per picture, because... Marvel is too afraid just to get somebody else.
2: Yeah, and those movies are when making totally fifty could. billion dollars. So. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, they're they're not Disney's not short for cash certainly, but it is interesting. Where I think just twenty years ago they would have been like, all right, you take a walk, we'll find somebody else. They did that a with.
1: Yeah, like you said, they did that with Terrence Howard. So um, so my son just told me, and this is coming from a very unreliable source, so I don't know that this is true. <laughs> How dare you say that about your son? <laughs> um, but he said that they're recasting Leia for episode nine.
3: I haven't heard that. Of that they're
1: actually getting a different actress to play her instead of doing the computer-generated thing because people reacted to it. I'm so okay far. with
3: this because I feel like they I, – I want movies to stay faithful to the narrative and the characters and not – to whatever confines that may hinder reality. Like I think I'm okay with it too. And it's it's awful and it's depressing that Carrie Fisher is no longer with us, but I think it would be not, maybe not more awful, but it would be, uh, I think, a disservice to the franchise to just have her be absent from a movie that, you know, would require her presence in some way. And she's such an integral part to those movies, just like Brian O'Connor is to the Fast franchise, to just have them written out is it does a disservice to the fans and I yeah I would be it'd be hard to like recast them, but it would make the story better. You would be like, why is Brian not in Cuba with Dom at the beginning right. of this movie? Exactly. Doesn't make any I get why he doesn't come with them and he doesn't go to Russia and he doesn't go to New York, but like Brian should have been in Cuba hanging out. There's no reason why he wasn't there. Well it's a honeymoon. <laughs> yeah that's true. It is their honeymoon. Probably. All right, all right. the honeymoon, that's fair. <laughs> well then, then then the scene at the end then the scene yeah, in the New scene York right. when yeah. Yeah. All is the having, better example. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's like he should be hanging out with them, and that's the movie. Because f- when they're not being shot at, there's no reason why he has to retire from that part of their lives.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I totally agree, and I actually I am not opposed to recasting. We suspend our disbelief for other things. I think you could get get past it pretty quickly, but um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority on that. Yeah. So, but that's just me. Well, we there did, you go. We did it. Anything else that we wanted to spoil in? Uh, Fate of the Furious? What, what what else happened in this
3: movie? It was so <laughs> packed with stuff. Room, so boom,
1: vroom. We, we didn't talk about the girls' soccer team doing the haka. <laughs> that was wanna, that was interesting. I don't want to play anymore.
3: <laughs> oh, I, I stand corrected. There were three moments where my wife and I exchanged those pointed glances. That was the first. As soon as they cut to Dwayne's voiceover... And he starts talking about, like, you are warriors on a battlefield. <laughs> right. I just nudge my wife's elbow, like, he's talking to children. Yeah. He is <laughs> yes. 100% talking to kids. I thought it kids. was a
2: paintball game at first. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't know what real. the
3: context was, but I was positive it wasn't actual soldiers. Yeah. There was just the way they – It's every movie does that, especially at the beginning of a movie to, to set up a character like that. It's they, the way they,
2: they frame do. that shot that makes it obvious. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely tight. And they pull tight, out wide, in. and it's
3: just a bunch of girls.
1: Yep. There you go. Well, thanks, John. Appreciate you sticking around for spoilers, man. So we've said goodbye to John, sent him on his way, but Andrew and I still hanging around. We'd love to uh, catch up on Legion and Big Little Lies spoilers. Ah, uh, yes. Now mm. I don't want to talk another hour <laughs> in addition to what we just sure. talked about, Fate of the Furious. But did you have one or two things you wanted to mention about those? Because I know people were asking about it on Twitter.
2: Um, which one do you want to start with? Either one. Okay. Uh, let's start with Big Little Lies because I think that's the one that is really that can lend itself to talking spoilers Yeah, there's so much density in Legion that it's just really hard to break it yeah, down I don't know what
1: I would sp- really need to talk about with Legion spoiler wise but... so with Big Little
2: Lies you have Nicole Kidman and Alexander Skarsgård's character I think that's the thing that most people are going to want to hear about as far as spoilers go how, yeah. what our thoughts were I, knew, I didn't know, I had it narrowed down to two people who I thought that was going to be uh, Shailene Woodley's uh boy's yeah. father. Yeah. I thought it was going to be... I thought that, for honestly, for a long time, I thought that Alexander Skarsgård's character was going to be a red herring, and that mm. it was going to end up being uh Adam Scott was going to be the father. Because they talked about him being an architect and stuff. Well, he was a web designer, which is a web architect, mm. and I thought that was going to be like a little Easter egg. Because the whole time, I'm like, you know... She's never met Adam Scott. She's always hanging out with Reese Witherspoon. Right. But she's never met Adam Scott's character. And I thought that was going to be... But when it turned out to be Alexander Skarsgård, I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense. And another reason why I thought it was going to be Adam Scott is because the guy she goes to meet, who she thinks, kind of looked like Adam Scott. Yeah, a little bit. So I'm like, oh, I I, I was like, oh, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. (laughs) But it turned out it was Alexander Skarsgård. That last episode, man...
1: Yeah, Ooh. I was pretty convinced early on that it was Skarsgård. Really? That that was both the father of her child um, and the one that was going to be killed. Um, oh, now, yeah, let's talk about who you thought was going to be killed. I was pretty sure it was was going to be him. I just with the themes <laughs> of the show and the way they were playing out, mm-hmm. I didn't really see any other options that made thematic sense to me.
2: Again, Red Herring, I didn't think it was going to be him. I, like, you want, you want him to be the mm-hmm. one? I thought he was going to kill Nicole Kidman. Mm. I thought that's who was going to be dead.
1: Yeah. I don't know. The theme seemed to be so much about women relationships that empower each other yeah. that I that I figured <laughs> it would. And it really did. point. I mean, by the time you got to the end, it's all of them. It's basically all of them who killed him, although technically. It was, uh, it was
2: Zoe uh, Kravitz. Yeah. Who knocked him actually down. Actually
1: pushed, you know, did the final push, which I never would have guessed. In fact, I, I didn't see her being part of that group, you mm-hmm. know. I didn't see Laura end. Dern. But it was all of them. Yeah, it was, and that was the point. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That was the thematic point. Was about the complexity of female relationships, and yet how they can be strong together. And I just, yeah, yeah I thought it was beautiful.
2: Yeah. Um, things I wanted to talk about. Man, there's just I can't recommend that show enough. It's yeah. just. Is there anything that's like a uh, eating you? Did you see the whole Reese Witherspoon, uh, theater? affair uh, affair no, going on i didn't see
1: that coming yeah and i didn't see the car wreck coming either oh, yeah
2: <laughs> see he was another one i thought was gonna get it yeah he was gonna be the one that dies because maybe he was gonna go crazy and reese, reese witherspoon kills him yeah but and that stuff yeah. with
1: their the daughter was interesting yeah um i yeah there were just there were in, uh, like a lot of red herrings but i thought they all were you know, were interesting enough on their own. I thought it was super weird when all of a sudden Adam Scott's character shaved his beard for the last episode. Yeah, that was I was like, whoa, to look like to look like Elvis, sort of. Also, the worst lip sync I've ever seen in a that TV show. That was so bad; <laughs> it didn't sound like either of them. I know, It's like he stands behind the microphone and all of a sudden he has a totally different voice.
2: And like, what? I-, I made that joke, too, whenever I was watching. Like, I-, I did a Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. The only other thing I would mention with Big Little Lies is the end shows, uh, we're assuming, or does it actually make it explicit? I'm trying to remember. Somebody's watching them all uh, with the binoculars. is it make it explicit that it's the cop? I thought it was. So, like, a- something is still going on. Like, there's, you know, either they're trying to figure out You know, if there's something deeper or, you know, do the cops know something we don't know about? Um, You know, so I don't know. There's there's still some unanswered threads there that you could pull on. I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you want them to leave well enough alone or you want there to be a second season? Oh, I want the. I'm I'm in general. I am of the opinion. Leave well enough alone. If you me too, if you nail something and complete it this way. So good. Yeah.
2: So good. Just leave it
1: right there. Um, Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah. HBO does it again. Uh,
1: yeah, I can't think of anything from Legion that I would want to spoil.
2: Yeah, uh, oh, I did, uh, I think it was in the first episode that we, that we talked, or the third episode, whenever we talked about it initially on Sif Pop, that I said that I thought it was going to be the Shadow King, and
1: it was the Shadow King. Felt good about that, so... Cool. Yeah. Eventually he goes into, uh... They get him out of David, but he goes into her husband that was lost in the ice cube for so long. Yeah,
2: Jermaine Clement.
1: Yeah, Clement's character.
2: Which I so, love his character. Yeah. He's so fun. And I think that the uh, for season two, whenever it's going to be him and Aubrey Plaza working off of each other, there's going to be some magic there that I'm really excited
1: for. Well, there's also going to be some magic with a pure David, like who gets to understand what yeah. it means to be David. So with his powers,
2: has anybody spoiled for you who he's related to? Or
1: anything? Uh, it was in the episode. Um, there was a wheelchair, and they said something about. So anyways, yes, I know the, the father is uh, Xavier.
2: Yeah. Okay. So you know, Professor, Professor X, X is David's yeah. dad. Okay. Yeah. Um, because. That's one of the things, like, if they ever were to reveal that, because Patrick Stewart said, even though I'm done... thought they did reveal
1: that. I thought there was something where I put it together somehow.
2: Okay. Um, Because Patrick Stewart said, yes, Logan was my last X-Men movie, but I would absolutely love to be in Legion. He said he wants to be in Legion. Yeah. Nice. So... Fingers crossed! That'd be really cool. <laughs> there you go. He was so excited by the uh, prospect of it because uh, apparently he thinks the show is fascinating.
1: It is fascinating. There's yeah. no doubt about it. There's that,
2: never been any superhero show or movie like this before.
1: Oh no! There, I don't know that there's been any show like this before. Like yeah. it's just it's it's off its rocker in such a great way.
2: <laughs> now, if you did not know this is in the X Men universe, is there anything in the show? to lend you... They say mutant, but, you know, that's a generic word. Unless X-Men actually owns the right to the word mutant, I'm not sure. I think they do because...
1: because Marvel can't use it in she- agents of SHIELD oh, that's and true. they have to call them inhuman or is it inhumans what do they call them enhanced in- enhanced yeah, yeah something like that
2: so um besides that one word is there anything in the show that really lends you to believe it's in the X-Men universe oh also the O and Legion is X I was going to say that's
1: that would be my major giveaway is <laughs> yeah. it's got the X symbol yeah but i mean no, like actual like meat of the show to let you know i think i'd be asking that question okay i'd be like if not i'd be like man this sure is a lot like mutants <laughs> like yeah. the x-men mutants like so but yeah i think i think you you would be led to think that way at least
2: okay cuz i don't know cuz you and me
1: we we knew going in yeah it's in, hard to know it's hard to know for sure how you would feel yeah
2: man both amazing shows and i'm glad that we got the now that chance. is a
1: show i'm ready for season 2 yeah <laughs> You don't have to leave well enough alone on that one. Exactly. Keep on going. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you for, for sticking around a little bit uh, oh, Yeah. and yeah. chatting those things because I know some people wanted to hear it. Um as always, uh thanks for subscribing to SIF Pop and for checking out the SIF Spoil episode as well. I'm not sure what we'll be spoiling next week. Some some weeks we don't have a SIF spoil and next week maybe one of those weeks. So yeah. We'll just kinda see how it goes. But thanks for tuning
0: in and we'll catch you next time. Bye.